Fellas, NBA season is near, and the easiest way to get ready for the season is to do a 360 on your balls. Manscaped 4.0, we've been saying this, how precise the shave is, how easy your ball handles are going to be. Performance Package 4.0 will help you get those deep balls and win MVP this season. Use promo code THIRSTBOLDPROBLEMS at manscaped.com. Ship free shipping worldwide, 20% off. Again, that's promo code Thirst World Problems. Welcome to the Thirst World Problems Podcast, where we talk about drinks, current events, music, and more. Now, here's your host, Nick Dugall, and his panel of experts, B, Bell, and the infamous Doc. <laughs> Not at all. So, oh, all right, good. we're perfectly. All right, we're good. We are good. How how embarrassing was that for you right now? That it didn't kick us out? I was yeah. probably pretty happy, actually, that it didn't. No, we got a tech guy here anyway, man. so if we had screwed up, I'm sure you Wait, it's like, what kind of production are you guys running here? <laughs> the, second you, <laughs> the second you press record, oh. it kicks you out. <laughs> I have seen the worst horror stories of production in the past two years. That nothing would surprise me. It's it's been a roller coaster ride for so many people. There's no rules, right? You can't judge anyone based on production quality anymore. Oh, no, that's what we like to hear. That is exactly what we like to hear. No, it's, it's, well, the best part is you just pretend. You just pretend. Go, you know, you go along the ways of what's happening, and then uh, something that doesn't happen, you just it's a shocker to you, right? And uh, <laughs> just just move on. So. Yeah, you, your expectation level starts at, eh, and you're just yeah. kind of like, well, did we move the needle today? Nah, we'll get them next time. Yeah, our our, our goal is usually, you know, our guests would come with high expectations, and then in the end, they just realize, you know, us three are just are just garbage. So uh, we're just we're just swinging along hey, here. Speak for yourself. Bro. I was going to say, you know, I don't want to be lumped in on the just garbage oh. aspect. Of oh, that. my bad, my bad. See, the, 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 the interesting thing about the three of you, in my opinion, is that you actually bring different flavors to the show. And so the way you converse, the way you talk, many times people start a podcast because they're friends that just get along. And like on the surface level, you're people who just get along. But when you listen to you, you see that there's different perspectives, both from a funny perspective and uh and it's just an opinion thing, so I'm glad to be here. Well, I think I think that's one of the key things when it comes to even conversations in general is if everyone agrees on the conversation, then it's not really a, a good conversation, let's just say. But right. you know, you know, if, if you're going to have some uh, some mixture to it, you're gonna you're gonna create some magic, I think. Right? So let's spoken yeah. like a professional troll. So everything that you say to him, oh, I'm going against you. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, let's. No, uh, that's healthy too. Trust. There you go. Well, let's, I just uh, want to make go. sure uh, I can get the full uh, pronunciation here. Yeah, I know sure. sometimes it's, you go by Mo and then Mohit. And- yeah, Mohit Rajans. Mohit Rajans. Mohit Rajans. Mohit Rajans. Mohit Rajans. Mohit. Rajans. <laughs> Pronunciation gets more. Pronunciation gets more and more Indian the more we say it, right? <laughs> yeah, I might lay off the accent when I when I do it, but 
<laughs> no, start with start with the heavy accent. <laughs> start, with, start with racist and then move <laughs> up. Yeah. Throughout the episode, get less and less racist. Yes, yeah. That's the goal. I have had my name butchered. I get it butchered at least once a week, but I, I get it butchered live a lot. And you got to imagine what that does to the yeah. soul when someone like, you know, you know, somebody you asked, you said, hey, watch my thing. I'm going to be on this, blah, blah, blah. And this like wonderfully trained professional goes and joining us now is Mo. Yeah. <laughs> just my, you see my face just melt. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Do you do you correct or do you do you just let it go? Like or is it 50 50 or is it depends who or like me? My name is my name has been butchered my whole life, too. So like recently I'll start correcting it. But before I would just be like, well, whatever. Right. Yeah, to be honest with you, on live TV or radio, no, I don't correct them. I think that's an instant. You're never going to be invited back. Uh, to <laughs> you can't disrespect the. Um, but what I do make a point to do now because diversity uh, is I will write them after or, or let them know after. But it's, I'll tell you, man, I'll, there's so many pl- things I've, I haven't posted in my life because of the way people have butchered my names, like great interviews I've done and oh, wow. stuff like Stuff like that, and I've just been so embarrassed by him that I uh, I haven't done it. But that's what really, eh? Yeah, yeah. Like you just get to a point. Well, or, or you shorten it up to make it look like it's not really a conversation <laughs> that um, you were involved in. But yeah, like, having a weird name in media is never going to be to your benefit. And uh, I think that what ended up happening for many years is that. People either just wanted to identify you as, you know, you're Ricky Patel, the brown guy that does sports, and you're always going to be Ricky Patel on sports, or you're going to be so obscure that they're not going to know what nationality you are. Are you Per-Indian, Persian? Are you Iranian? Do you know what I mean? And so having a weird name, trust, like there's name jail for media. They don't want no one named Mohit Rajans. <laughs> So is that why what a you Peter Mansbridge? But but, <laughs> but, but but they do. Hanuman said that's what they. But they do got him. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky. I'm uh, I'm lucky. I'm I'm being self-deprecating for a reason. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we all agree that you got to kind of work at it. It's not the name anyway. It's always something you got to work at before you get the opportunity. So, for sure. So well, could you imagine noticed- if you just did correct everyone uh, on air? It's like, well, you know. It's, it's Mohit, you know, it goes back to like Lord Krishna and just, just give him this huge history lesson and Big don't even have anything lesson. to do with the, yeah, yeah, don't even have anything to talk about like sports or whatever, whatever just, that, I, the time like, is that you're there for. Or, or like just bubbles around me, like with fact. <laughs> yeah. While I'm giving them the Papa real knowledge, video, I'm yeah. like, the Sanskrit meaning attractive. <laughs> yeah. Pop up video Mohit. style. Yeah, I <laughs> love it, love it. All right, Bell, let's make it up and let's go. Yeah, let's hop into it. This is Bell coming at you from behind the mic on Thirst Well Problem. And when you're younger, they always tell you not to meet your heroes. But today on Thirst Well Problems, we're throwing caution to the wind right now. And we have Mohit Rajans on here with us. Not only is he a tech columnist, he's been in the media game for a minute. And this is one of the things that we're really happy to be able to have this conversation on. Because this is a trained professional that we're having on the show. He's done movie festivals. 
He's done big time interviews. He's done countless interviews. So we are very honored to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's always interesting to be able to catch up with people you actually listen to and you admire as well. So this is a great opportunity. Thanks for answering my email. This was my DM. <clears throat> this was me DMing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I appreciate yeah. that. And, uh, and Bell was so curious. He's like, he's like, uh, is this real? Is this actually happening? Uh, did is, is are you are you trolling me? Now? <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, yeah, he, yeah. I woke up the one morning and and I, there's a message from Bell in the chat, and he's like, "This can't be. This isn't a serious thing." I was like, "What do you mean it's not a serious?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it was. It was a funny thing, but um, well, well listen, can we can we can we start off the bat? Sorry, Bell, to, to cut you off. I, I I really don't want you to defend yourself, so I'm going to cut you off right there. And and let's not the let's first start. time. It's all time. about. It's all about Mohit here because I know I know things are going to get twisted here. So let's let's get let's get straight off to the bat. Mohit, you have done interviews for Bollywood stars. Uh, you've done you've directed you've you've done numerous things in in the film industry. How does one be prepared to get into with many hats? Like how do you how do you just turn the switch like that? How do you do that? So. Very quick history, McMaster University went for commerce, wasn't successful, okay? Leaving leaving the, the Brown expectations behind and starting to realize that there was so much more I wanted to offer from a creative standpoint. Well, you're not a doctor? It, not yet. No. Um, lawyer, lawyer for sure. But I'm going to play one one day, you watch. They're going to come <laughs> for this face. They're going to come for this face. You know that COVID did one thing. It opened up a lot of roles for Indian people on on medical shows. So there's going to be a lot of role. That's, that's, that's later. So what happened eventually was I got into a place where I realized I wasn't going to be able to live a life where I was just trying to make money. And it was great that I was making money doing the normal corporate thing. But I, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to have a family. Eventually, I wouldn't be able to look anyone in the eyes and say, hey, yeah, I actually did something uh, bigger or better than my parents did by coming to this country. Flash forward, I basically started at the bottom, started working at every media company you can imagine. And, and to that point, I split my personalities at one, like at Flow 93.5, I was Mohit's Movies. At, at, at Omni, I was Bollywood Boulevard. I worked for Bre Breakfast Television. I was Mo, the producer. I was all the same dude, just doing my thing. When digital really sprung up, I finally got the opportunity to show that I was a little bit ahead. And so I got to get real, like, real jobs, producer jobs, jobs that actually gave me access to do the types of things that I was able to do everything from produce the new, help produce the new year's Eve show to produce the IFA awards with the uh, Bollywood that happened in 2011. It was just an amazing time period to be the one Brown kid that was in the room, right. You know, who could work morning television and do a film festival on the weekend and do that stuff. Not because there was monster money, it wasn't about that. It was because there was still only one brown kid in many of those scenarios. Mm. There was only one Bollywood show. There was all, maybe a couple. Sorry, I don't mean that I blow that up. But, you know, on my, all the other mainstream shows, et cetera, that I worked on, there was one diverse hire. And I just used whatever I could to actually find my way around it. Eventually, I put myself in a position where I realized that you can't let anybody else control the way your career is going to go because nobody's really designed to make you succeed. 
And I've just been thankful that I've been able to create these opportunities along the way. It hasn't all been easy, but what's been amazing about it is the experiences have been so unique that I spent a lot of time empowering people to tell their own stories now. Now, you being at McMaster, is that a requirement to tell everyone that you've gone to McMaster University? Or? <laughs> um, well, what I do is I make it a point to let them know in true fashion that I didn't succeed by getting mm. in, in uh, massive debt and uh, drinking <laughs> binges on Thursday nights. So I like this back and forth between uh, you two. It's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be good during the show. Because a lot well, of the, the, the way you guys are spinning the jokes, I like it. There's going to be some good well, ones coming well, in. I, I'm, actually, I'm actually writing writing a South Asian uh, movie. Like It's going to be either TV or movie. And I have a perfect role for you. So I'm going to... Well, we'll touch base on this later on. I got something pretty cool for you. Um, Excellent. That's great. Uh, just to let you know, I am union. So but <laughs> it if it's non-union, it's not gonna, I can't do it because you've already <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that later on. But anyway, yeah, uh, but B, you got something. You got something to ask, right? Um, yeah, I was going to ask about um, just as you came on with the, with the at the top too about just the tech role. So how did you transition a lot into kind of the tech area? Because me, myself, like, I've always been into tech and like, you know, obviously on the internet now, the reviewers and, and all of that stuff has taken off a lot as well. So um, how, how did you get into that role and, and, and how is that now? Yeah. So what I did basically was I was at the front row of watching traditional media transition to digital. And so because I had that front row look, I had the the power of mass media and understanding what they were investing in and what they weren't investing in. And so I took a big role at Cineplex for three years as a director in digital there. And I, you know, if you know the brand, you understand that they were working on everything at the time from interactive direct rooms. And we had corporate clients that you could you know, any type of corporate client you could name was in the mix and learning about how that was transitioning, how 5G was going to facilitate, every, you know, the Internet of Things and how the Canada was going to be connected from top to bottom, et cetera. It really gave me the opportunity to speak intelligently, knowing that, oh, well, I know the other side. I know what's going to have to move through these pipes. I know, you know, what um, type of ecosystems people are going to have to play in, what type of benefits things are going to happen for small businesses, the big businesses. And I was lucky because I was right. And so, you know, working with everybody from Air Canada to Tim Hortons to all of these people, this is not the media experience. This is the corporate experience. But being able to bridge those now really gave me the idea that, oh, there's really people that need this knowledge still. It's not a world that's fully like, you know, not everybody's on the same page. There's so many businesses right now that don't use half of the tools that they spend money on every year. And if I just get to that market alone, then I've got an entirely different conversation to have. So that's what's really motivated me that way. The idea of emerging platforms, new stories, digital footprints. You know, it's not all of the stuff that we're on now from TikTok to YouTube, et cetera. It's very much going to be the tape cassettes of the way that we're interacting in the next five to 10 years. So, you know, so, so did that, is that what did that happen? And then you kind of went into the book or was it, mm. was it vice versa? So, because well, I know COVID had a big impact on kind of the, uh, the way you took the book a little bit because you realize how, how stuff was changing, right? Yes. hundred percent. But I, 
basically what ended up happening was I realized that I wasn't going to be able to preach my gospel without having some sort of authority. You know what I'm saying? And so when I started to write blogs and stuff like that, I was just giving away free information. And I had had so many first meetings with people, right? Where they were just like, yeah, you're right. We are wasting this money. Yeah, you're right. We haven't done this properly. Uh, you know, audio will be a thing. Audio branding will be a thing. All of the stuff that we were talking about in these meetings, I was just getting the, yeah, you're right. But I wasn't getting the, let's move. Let's invest in this emerging platform. Let's see, like, you know, a front row seat with Musical.ly before it became TikTok, right? And it was hard to get a music company to stop and say, no, 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 we don't, we're looking at there. We're looking at YouTube right now. We don't want to look at any of these new apps. Can you imagine being first to market with your record label on that platform before it became TikTok, right? And so I was really fueled during the pandemic, especially to stop and say, I no more free experience. Me, Mohit, just walking around, meeting all these great networking people. And I got to write Rethinking Your Content. And the only reason I'll tell you right now, something that most people don't know, but one of the only reasons I was confident enough to put it out was because of um, uh, because of a friend of mine in the music business who stopped and said, nobody's going to give this to you. <laughs> if you really want to prove that you can actually have a voice in this, nobody's sitting there with a, a platter saying, here, Mohit, go do this. And so uh, that inspiration really just made me go, okay, I got to throw it out. And hope for the best. Did, did you think about that before? And then, and then you just guys, just give me one second. Hundred percent. Call mom when you're done. Go ahead. So, <laughs> so did you? I'll uh, remind like, you. I'll remind you. Is that is that something you That's always thought about? Is that something you always thought about before, and you couldn't pull the trigger? Like, just a lot of people have ideas in the head, and then. And then they're always doing all this information and research, and oh, I know everything, but but they can never quite pull the trigger to actually jump in? Is that how you were with that? And then it took that spark from your friend to actually do it? Or did you never really think about it before? Um, okay, so you guys are you guys consider yourself creators, right? right? We do. We do, yeah. for sure. So you know on a daily basis, there's only one of two things that can keep, keep you fulfilled. Either you're creating or sharing your experiences, right? Like you're, you know, you're experiencing something or you're sharing that experience. It's a, it's a give and take. You can't be 100%. in that room right now for the entire day and expect to do a podcast because you have no experience to bring to the table. You haven't been able to. And so with me in particular, I everything that I work on, I have a direct experience to. So I have a, a dad-related brand called Dad Spotting, as you heard. It's really focused on second-generation fathers and how we are raising our kids as opposed to the way we were raised, uh, mostly mm -hmm. focused on immigrant culture and, um, and second-generation dads. And just great, interesting conversations. I have a movie brand that's been around since I've been blogging about movies in 99, it's something I'm passionate about. I started the South Asian Film Festival in Toronto in 2000 with my buddy Dinesh. I think Start is the same thing. Everything I'm doing in the tech side is me, my experience, what I've worked on, everything from signature podcasts to video on demand to OTT, but it's a part of me in that. So when you say like the book, et cetera, et cetera, the beauty about what I learned, honestly, is that if you have it, it's never been an easier time to put it out, right? And so that's why I can live with this breadbasket of things and stop and say, hey, there's value in this for this to happen. I spend most of my time talking myself out of putting things out because I'm just like, who needs this? Who wants this? 
So if there's a lesson to be learned in this is that, yes, there's no strategy in that, but you can't escape what you really want to do. And so I was lucky. I'll tell you the other thing. I did never, ever, ever baited. I never boosted. I never did anything to make that book go number one on Amazon. And I have authors to this day, seasoned authors to this day that message me and DM me and ask me how I did it. And I send them the shoulder shrug. It's a lot cuter when the um, it's an emoji, but it's the truth. It was something that really just for me became pure luck. And I now I have it on my bio forever. That's inspiration. Let's, let's, let's talk about the, uh, you know, the Asian, uh, South Asian music, not music, but the mm. South Asian festival. Oh, festival. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's like, when did that, when did you guys found that? Uh, 19, uh, 2000 is when we had the first one. Um, one day screening, we showed a, a wonderful film called East is East. Uh, the, Amazing the, irony, the irony thing, <laughs> the irony about 2000 was we were actually trying to make a festival against Bollywood because everybody who thought about Indian movies thought it was song and dance. And in the year 2000, the song and dance part was just a part of it, right? Like there was so much independent new thoughts and ideas, immigrant cultures around the world. And we thought, wait a minute, if we create the Sundance of Bollywood, then we'll be ahead of our time. So we started that. And unfortunately, what happened for the first five years is that whenever we went to pitch it, people were like, oh, like a Bollywood film festival? And we Mm. always had to be like, uh... Not exactly. Uh, it's hard to break that role, like that that separation from it, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, it ended up being successful. And to this day, films that we had premiered throughout that, you know, one to two day, three day festival that we took in different parts of the world, to this day, filmmakers are still making films and doing projects and winning awards. So extremely proud of that uh, legacy being left behind. It's not necessarily got the same footprint as some of the other festivals now, but we were the first. But but that's but that's key though because you guys had a path when it came comes to these festivals that not many people would have realized you know like let's use East Disease for example and that movie is pretty much a brilliant movie like my like my dad loves that movie and <laughs> I probably would have never heard of it until like you know he brought it up so it's one of those things where kind of like hidden treasures right and it's it's nice to kind of break apart from the whole you know, um, the Bollywood theme of songs and, and sometimes it hits yeah. reality of what, what, what it's real like. Right. Um, well, the other yeah, danger know, too know what- was the, the exploitation films that were starting. So there was a lot that was starting with this like sort of Apu Simpsons flavor kind of comedy that was now reflectively borderline. Nah, but yeah. we could have very easily be, we could have run into this character Indian, stereotype birdie num num stuff that we were extremely worried about too um at that time so we said let's really focus in on making sure people understand that you know eventually a bend it like beckham came and eventually you know films like that were the first to change the wave so i apologize for cutting you off sorry no 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 worries like my 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 follow-up is um now with bollywood that's you know it seems like i don't know about you but it seems like bollywood's the, the the personality of an of an actor or an actress is is is, is very westernized now. Uh, that's sure. how I see it lately. You said how personality. Do you feel? Yeah, like a lot of a lot of actors. It seems like they they kind of. So take you're saying from, sorry, You're saying that the actors have a pers- like a real personality. Well, like what I'm saying is they're they're taking traits from the western side of, uh, like in North America. 
and they're trying like like for example, let's use um, the real uh, Bollywood wives. Let's use that for example. Um, you know, uh, watching that, it just felt like was that real or was that is that the way it's they want to be portrayed? Um, that's where I'm trying to go with on this. Yeah, I, I know where you're trying to go, and I think I think yeah. you know the answer better than anyone else. It's so yeah. BS. Every shot, <laughs> every manicure, every piece. Their personalities—they don't have any personality. They are actors. Every time a camera comes on, I love one of the stories right. that. Um, and I'm totally going to name drop here because it's the biggest star in the fucking world. But I love one of the stories that Shah Rukh Khan once said to me. He goes, I can tell instantly when a camera is on me. I don't even have to see it. I could hear the buzz. Can you imagine? He told me that like in 2012 or whatever. Can you imagine now with cell phones and everything? <laughs> These actors are so it's there. You're not going to get a stitch out of sight that from a personality perspective, they follow every rule from every international personality. They're well manicured. They're well thought out. There are cameras on them all the time. And it's amazing because they care enough about their brand that they actually, you know, will put the effort in. But on the other side, they're not like, they're not any, you know, there's nothing special. You know, there's nothing special. There's no real star quality about about them from a talent perspective. Unless you can, unless you, you can fight me on this. If you've got an actor that you're extremely passionate about right now that you think to yourself sets the stage for like the ambassador for Bollywood, I'll give you your flowers. But I don't know of one right now that excites me like that. Yeah, like well, I'm just kind of comparing it from the past to the present. It was just. It just it just feels like you know you can you can always link a character like an actor to someone that they're trying to portray in Hollywood. So it's just I always tr- I always see that and you kind of see the, the little linkages on that. Yeah, um, sure. But you've been you've been since you've been part of it since you know ninety nine. I'm pretty sure you've been watching it before that. What's what's one of your top movies that you just you just love? And uh, let's say somebody that want you want to introduce someone to the Bollywood world without you know, showing them something new, like um, what's, what's one of your top fives that you would, you would uh, introduce. So <laughs> this is the story I like to tell people. I've been really lucky to meet a lot of Bollywood stars and those stars have ruined films for me. And I've been lucky <laughs> to meet great directors who I've completely undermined and thought to myself, they're going to be like awful. And they've gone on to win Oscars. So, I have a really skewed way of thinking about movies. When an actor like has been a dick, I've hated his movies. Just like, <laughs> you know, and, and so it, it's wrong to feel like that. You, the objectivity um, changes. But in all seriousness, when I look at the types of movies that I've been able to review, I look at a movie like Black with Amitabh Bachchan and Rani Mukherjee, and I realize that's a movie that I don't have to make any excuses for. And the more I can find diaspora films where I don't have to explain any backstory or any like, oh, you might, well, whatever, the more I feel like I can endorse it. But unfortunately, the level of of films are all over the place now. You can have a film on Amazon Prime right now that could just be the most compelling thing that no one will ever see from the diaspora. Or you can have a, you know, a multi-billion Garin Johar, multi-star cast, everybody's in it. Let's all love ourselves. And, you know, it could be a flop too. So there's no real formula right now that makes me so excited where I'd be like, 
check that out. That's your ticket. You're never going to look back from Bollywood after you watch that film. Um, but from a classic standpoint, I definitely point to the film Black uh, as a as a piece where I'd stop and say international, just good film. Watch it and you won't have to make any excuses about it. With, with the amount of movies that gets pushed out every year, you know, over hundreds easily. Um, I, I could be wrong on, on this part lately, but it might be thousands. Uh, yeah. Man. Per year. Yeah. The fact that the streaming platform is out there, you know, why is there not a, is I, again, I could be wrong on this. Why has there not been a dedicated streaming platform for Bollywood movies? Why is it, why is it being distributed to, you know, Amazon prime and Netflix and, um, you know, the other platforms, what, why is there not a one that's specifically like, uh, let's use, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a, like Yash, uh, Chopra, like why he's got a big collection. Why is there not a, you know, a streaming platform for them? Why are they, why are they distributing it to other when, uh, they, they probably have to pay for that. Right. Okay, so uh, there are there are plenty of streaming platforms. In fact, uh, most of them don't have exclusives anymore. Uh, Disney Hotstar is a big one in India right now, as uh, and and Amazon, Netflix, etc. have a big presence in that part as well. I say that part because the South has a different, um, you know, film industry, and there are different th- deals that are done. But I think one of the things you have to remember right now is a lot of streaming networks are working on this idea of globalization. So what you're going to see is a lot of these films will manifest themselves on different networks in different languages, in different regions. They'll be available in certain parts because that's the only way they're going to make their money. Remember how much money Bollywood's lost over the years because of piracy. What's going to end up happening as a result of that film industry really embracing the OTT streaming networks is you're going to actually see them in a lot of places and you're going to see non-exclusive deals done more and more because it's going to be that bit money that they're going to want from airlines right to streaming. So unfortunately, I don't think you're going to see another mammoth like Yash Chopra just create his own OTT service. Instead, what you're going to see is over the years, more and more shows that you might have first seen on Amazon or whatever, just appear in different places that you can access them. Because the truth of the matter is there's still a massive piracy issue in the industry in general, and it's not going to necessarily be alleviated because there's more streaming networks. Okay, I got two quick questions here for you. Sure. Well, only one's quick. So when you say OTT service, what exactly mm. is OTT yeah, service? Yeah, OTT, sorry, is, is over the top. So a lot of the, the T, uh, you guys are on Bell or, or uh, Rogers or something, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, or like some. So what you've noticed is a conversion between your internet service and whatever was your television service. It almost seems seamless. With OTT, the reason it's not considered streaming is a lot of people have these networks that are tied into their cable services. So you will have a traditional television channel or whatever um, that is a streamer too. Some like zone are just streamers. So that's the difference between OT over the top and, and, and streamers. Okay. So now here's the second question. So we've heard about uh, the tech side. We've heard about the films. We've seen the, the dad spotting in action there. So which one of your three kids do you like the most? Uh, <laughs> Not the one that interrupted you, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about the, uh, you know, oh, uh, oh. like all these balls that you're juggling right now. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha. Not as actual kids. We can't ask that. Okay. Right. Right. We say that for the end anyways. 
I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't really. I, I as lucky as things have are, are continually, and as fortunate as we are to have conversations like this, I think the best is yet to come. And I'm just really hoping to keep moving on all three equally before uh, somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, "You got to come with me. We got to work on this." Um, I believe that energy is uh, based on attention. And right now we are in the attention economy. And so the more I can put my energy towards the things that I believe that there's room for attention for, the more grateful I am. But there's no misgivings about the fact that I'm continually a work in progress. All of the great things that I have been able to do are experiences that I can share, but I have to experience all the time in order for me to provide value. Um, But who knows, man, like, you know, the right type of emerging platform could come along and, and tap me on the shoulder and say, it's time to build this. And I, I'd find it very interesting. I think there's a lot of compelling offers to be made for people who have had legacy experience like myself, who can do and speak sort of from both sides. And I'm kind of sick of the tokenism too. I think we're in mm. a place now where if you aren't re- being represented in the right way and in, in the right places, and if you don't have a seat at the table based on your experiences, None of the hats that I put on was because I had a full-time job at any of these companies. These were all companies that saw something in me, but were, weren't willing to invest, weren't willing to go to unions and ask if they could have another headcount, weren't willing to go and ask if another show or segment or somebody like me could appear. I used to work at places during the week and come in on the weekends and volunteer so that I could get more time. So I think all of that has to change because it ends up being still one person in the room. That doesn't make sense. So I think in juggling all of these three things, I'm just trying to stick to staying true to what I love. And hopefully I can continue to do it before, you know, the next project comes along and ties me up too much. Well, I love that you say so much about that. Sorry. Well, I love that you say that. Like that was a question I wanted to ask you about earlier is because you put a very positive spin. No, you didn't, though. No, you didn't. You didn't have that ready, man. Come on. (laughs) Let's be real, though. (laughs) Okay, children, try to keep up here. Okay, We're, we're going we're going deep now. But you put a very positive spin about being that brown person in the room or being that one diverse hire and then having that opportunity to move around. But I guess what I was going to ask, like, it must have been also hard to navigate that. Like, it's great to be that voice in the room, but it must be hard when you're looking around and you're only that voice in the room. Oh, yeah. I mean, the stories are comical now, but at at the time, it's very, very tough to navigate. And it's very tough to, uh, what, for me, it was, what was my line, right? You know, how do I let people joke about certain things without saying something? How do I, how am I in on the joke in the club, but also not as bad as these people because I'm not making the same references, you know, it was very tough to navigate. And I, I, you know, I think that you're going to hear similar experiences from people about the fact that it wasn't necessarily all you know, amazing, but the problems still exist. So for, you know, for me to stop and say that, yeah, hallelujah, Mohit got through, more people can do it. That's very easy to say, but I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I would recommend for somebody to try to navigate a business in Canada within traditional media and not have something to fall back on because, it's still not at a place where these 
opportunities are blown wide open unless you are bringing the audience with you. And that's where the game is completely different. If you build this and you show anybody that you have already built your voice on your own, they can't say no to you. And I think that's the best way for anybody to tackle the media business these days.